0: Hi, this is Sean Ferrick from Trek Culture. You are listening to Spock the Week podcast. Welcome back, everybody,
1: to Spock the Week. And uh, the man, the lovely voice that you have just heard in the intro there, all the way from Dublin, Ireland, our good friend and wonderful host of...
2: (coughs) Sorry, I had a... You're on crack, mate. You're on crack, mate. (laughs) I have a sore
1: I have you. a sore throat. I have a sore throat that's why I couldn't I couldn't get it out so I was pausing to get the throat clear so I could cut that bit out. No no I think it should be fine.
0: <laughs> totally unedited warts <laughs> and all here we go. Fuck the week. And the
1: wonderful host of Your Own mate, and also a, a great contributor to uh, trip culture as well Sean Ferrick.
0: How are we getting on? Thank you so much for having me.
1: Yeah, uh, I feel sorry for you because uh, Gregor has, um, he seems to have this thing now where he taunts the guests. I don't know what he's going to do with you because I don't know what he has on you, but. uh,
0: That's all right. If anyone's been near my Instagram page, you'll know that it takes an awful lot to embarrass me because everything is on show. Over Oh, that came out exactly the way I meant it to. Never,
1: never, never mind your Instagram. You want to see your TikToks. They're just as funny.
2: Oh, wait a minute, they're
1: the same
0: thing. Ooh. <laughs> but no, seriously, uh, my only fans will be out next week, so working on that one, just licensing.
1: Happy days, happy days. Well, um, we seem to have, uh, over the last couple of episodes, stumbled into a routine of talking absolute and utter shite for 45 minutes to an hour.
2: I'm not sure about saying any different from the first few episodes. No but, n- no, but now we're doing it on purpose. Um, right. okay. So
1: occasionally we may end up talking a little bit about Star Trek. Um, but uh, last week's episode, Gregor seemed to forget that we were on a Star Trek podcast and waxed lyrical for the first 10 minutes about uh, coronavirus and the politics therein. So he has been warned. I've got, I've got that out of my system now. You've got that out of your got system. Got that's, that, I've got that out of my system. That's mate. fantastic. Yeah. Now, the reason we've got you on board this week, Sean, is given your work with Trek culture and you, your research and uh, all the things you've written over the, uh, over the time about uh, Star Trek and its contents, one of the things that you have some reasonable knowledge of is starships. I have some reasonable knowledge of starships. Gregor knows absolutely sweet.
2: I have, I've, you know, I mean, I know the Enterprise. In
0: um, that's a uh, pretty good jumping-off point. There's enough a, of them. And and, God. And the Voyager,
2: the Defiant, and um, the Sao Paulo. See, I do know my starships. The Sao Paulo. Obscure.
0: And, I like it.
2: But uh, let's uh, see. Let's let's, let's let's see what, what I can rant about. we oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, sexy.
0: We I like noticed well, this Remember? thing at
1: home, uh, Sean Fenwick has just seduced Mr. Cameron with the Defiant and Voyager. You had them prepared, didn't you?
0: you were, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the fact that I, I didn't even have to extend, really, to beat them up. <laughs> Although that's a misnomer, because I, I want everyone out there to know that I have carefully crafted my man cave to such a point where, oh, we like it. Oh, actually, is that is that by any chance dun, 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 that...
2: I think it is, yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. Sorry. Again, for, for people who are not watching the video right now, um, we are both holding versions of the Enterprise A. Which and we both just
1: have. just to be different,
0: I'm going with the
1: Enterprise D Captain E Captain Job.
0: Oh, you got in there with a quick save. <laughs> yes.
2: This, I have to say this is some of the best quality podcasts ever. Us showing ships. To each other, but the listeners can It's all so, right,
0: everybody at home,
1: just talk amongst yourselves. We will get to fantastic.
0: The <laughs> that's all right. Look, it's, it's it's not personal, guys. Well we'll we'll be with you presently. Can can we put some like really awkward hold music on this now as oh, well? Oh that, that
1: that's stuff to put in the lift.
0: <laughs> oh, that would be great. Uh, like Muzak versions of uh of each various themes.
1: Just to just to go into a little sidebar, which we often do on your show, by the way. Um, On the subject of lift music, have you ever been to Alton Towers?
0: No, actually, Alton Towers. My my parents, they lived in the UK for a while in the 80s. And I know my sister has been to Alton Towers. However, she was only two months along, not even born along at that point, because I think mum found out she was pregnant two months after that. So my sister has been to Alton Towers, but nobody knew it. Is that not a technicality? I mean, so much of our careers are based around technicalities <laughs> now in fairness it's like well, well actually in episode 221b
1: if you ever go to, uh, go to the uh go to alton towers go and stay in splash landings hotel okay and every time you get in the lift every single sheer fucking hubris times of getting into that lift, all you hear every time is the Captain Pugwash tune. Captain Pugwash. I Imagine, I this, but
0: I don't. I can't think of it.
1: i, I stayed I... at <laughs>
2: Splash so so... Landings several. I stayed there several years ago, and I don't remember that. I do remember the Hall of the Mountain King being played everywhere.
0: That was on all the ads as well, wasn't it? For a long time I would associate yeah. Hall of the Mountain King with yeah. Alton Towers. Actually, you know something,
1: I actually associated yeah. the music with Alton Towers before I associated it with
0: Greek. Oh yeah, yes, sorry. See, music's
2: a, sorry. Wonderful, music's fact, a wonderful music's a wonderful thing for personalisation. I I I have this thing where I'm off on one now. I have this thing where I visualize oh, music here. Well, that that sort of synesthesia thing that, that people have have going on. Uh, just as an experiment, JJ, you want, you know, I want to do this as a little experiment. Oh, there we go again. He did this last when week. <laughs> you hear, when you hear, Offenbach, you back, okay. <Right. laughs> what do you
0: visualize? I know what I visualize, JJ. What about you?
2: Um,
1: no comment. <clears throat> no comment.
0: Well, I'm a burlesque dancers going crazy on a stage in the Moulin Rouge would be it's what I'm picturing. Much.
2: Pretty You yeah. see, see, that piece is called Orpheus in the Underworld, and this is where he's met the, un, the king of the underworld, and all the little goblins are dancing around him to that tune, and I think once you know that, that's what that piece of music is called, and that's what it's meant to represent, I find that much harder to get out of my head than the can-can.
0: Now i'm thinking of the little goblins in those big you know those bouffant flowery dresses kicking goblin legs up in the air not that they couldn't we're in equal opportunities goblin uh you know all goblins matter on this podcast um but uh that's actually i didn't know i you know i, I know the piece obviously very well but i didn't know that that's what it was called
1: if you've tuned into spock the week yet again <laughs>
2: No, but and on, um, on one of these mini concerts on Enterprise D, which is a Starship, which is what we're talking about tonight. Oh, on one say. of these mini concerts, did they never play off and back? Ever, you know? Or was no, it, it always was, Mozart? It, it was always some Mozart. Yeah, a always, lot of
0: Mozart. There was a lot of Mozart. Um I'm actually thinking now across the across the various series, I know D probably had the most of those concerts. Um when you had uh, oh actually there's a trivia question for you now. What instruments did Keiko and Miles play?
2: Ooh, oh, I want to say clarinet. And... Was it the harp and something?
0: Not the harp. No. JJ, you're 50% of the way there.
1: Oh, an oboe or something stupid like that, maybe.
0: I think I might be. Actually, Joad, I, yeah, I think you might be right. With an oboe? Now, which one of them played that?
1: Oh, that would be uh, Keiko. Because I think Miles played something... Um, was it not something like uh, I don't want to sort of uh, cross any lines here, but something traditionally Irish? No, no. Okay. I'm still learning the Deep Space Nine thing, but I remember seeing, I remember seeing snippets of like this, you know, the the oboe and whatever it was. And
2: anyway, can and we deep, get on? Can we get on to something space, I know about Starship? Deep space, and Deep Space Nine, you've you've not got there yet, JJ. But in Deep Space Nine. Um, Miles only played with Julian in Deep Space
0: Nine. I, bet, I right. bet he did. That is true. I mean, Julian is a finely crafted instrument, so that would be fine with me now, I have to say.
2: <laughs> Whether <laughs> we're calling him Sadiq
0: El-Fadil or Alexander Sadiq, he is a very well-crafted instrument. Um, and did well, you this, actually? This pack?
1: podcast certainly went to warp ten very quickly, didn't it? <laughs> I mean,
0: that's it. we've um, inhabited every area of known space-time, and we've come back with instruments, Julian, and we could just stop there. Yeah. Um, do you need a minute? Uh, no, I've, unfortunately I've,
2: I've, not. We'll, we'll let you pull it back together now. So, <laughs> try and control us. I've learned very, very early
1: on not to even attempt to control you, Gregor, it's just not worth the effort, not worth the time. Um, Okay, so let's get back to Star Trek for a second, okay? Um, Now, what people don't know is this is the second attempt to film, uh, record this episode um because the first time we recorded this episode it all went very swimmingly me and sean ferrick uh, gregor was off doing something or other he wasn't involved in that particular recording um it all went well the recording went through would it where did it go it went it recorded but it disappeared never downloaded so we never, somewhere in the big wide world went into web and mycelial network of lost downloads somewhere there's a recording of me and sean talking
0: about starships i think it got lost somewhere in subspace and then the yeah. Gorn did some sort of experiment destroyed all of subspace it and was that a, was the end of that it, it,
1: it was, was the like same the, night it was the same night that google
2: decided to shit itself all around the world um like, so like the Cardassian fleet that tried to get through the one hole and then that was it they disappeared yeah pretty much uh, oh, sorry um, that's a spoiler JJ. You've not, the ninth, you've not the got ninth that, legion but...
1: It's joined the Ninth Legion of Podcasts. Everybody knows where it was last, but nobody knows where it is now. So we we pretty much discussed, um, well, the first one of the things we discussed was the USS Yorkshire, uh, which was originally just a fan creation that was done in uh, respect of um, Patrick Stewart. But it also made i think you found out that it made an appearance in a remastered version of one of the films i think if i remember correctly
0: I, No, i remember talking about this now i am certainly not diving into the internet as we speak but yes USS, you're sure so Sorry
1: uh well sean does his not researching on the internet uh, sure i don't
0: know what you're talking about
1: yeah <laughs> Um, one of the other things we talked about in that episode, and um, we're going to talk about again today, and the the reason why we're going to talk about this will become very uh, apparent very quickly, is scale. Okay, that was one of the things we talked about in great uh, length, pardon the pun, um, regarding the scale of how visually the ship looked in relation to how big it was on the inside when you saw like corridors and holodecks and ten forward and stuff like that now gregor you've been saying this for the last three or four episodes trying your damned hardest to trip me up and date the podcast for the first time you can say it and i can genuinely okay. answer the question
2: okay okay I'll, I'll see it so um what about the finale of discovery yeah oh now, my
0: god the finale's aired
1: sean do you want to come back again yes please <laughs> now one thing i'm gonna say is unlike gregor uh, everybody to their own you like it you don't like it fair enough it's no biggie you know everybody's everybody's entitled to what they want and what they don't want but i've watched it and i've watched that. <sighs> I quite enjoyed season three. On a whole, I enjoyed season three. There's been some really good, um, really good stories. Um, Some elements that could have been better, but it's very, for me at least, it was very minor uh, minor issues that can be overlooked. Up until the season finale. And I'm gonna say one word to Sean, uh but i'm guessing you've seen it sean please tell me you've I, seen I
0: it i have indeed seen it right. yep. Yep.
1: okay i'm going to say one word tardis
0: Turbo lift dun- 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 um yeah
1: yeah it's i mean to be honest with you i don't know who made that cgi scene who created that who thought oh that looks i mean that looks all right because, let's be honest, uh, there's probably somewhere, and I think you're going to go and do your internet thing again somewhere, there's probably a diagram uh, a diagram drawing of Discovery, just like you can go on to, uh, there's a website that you can get all the sort of, um, the the drawings and the stats for all the ships if you're doing like a uh, an online course for Starfleet International, for those of you who are members of Starfleet International and have done the ship courses, you'll know exactly what I mean. So, we've got an idea of how the ship looks we've got a size reference because we see it up against the uss enterprise in the uh, in the first season so we've got a size reference yet on that turbo lift scene wh- what i mean first of all the first gripe i've got with that is how the turbo lifts operate
0: the way they they hover between the way they the, hover the between legacy gates yeah
1: yeah. yeah um right okay no I, I i will i will accept that that could possibly be one of the modifications that the uh, discovery got when it uh, was upgraded to the discovery the a the new improved future discovery what i can't let go and what I think is completely and utterly ridiculous is the sheer scale of where these turbo lifts are operating. It's almost like they just went and used the background from the Starfleet headquarters. If you know, oh, when you see, yeah. you know what I mean. So when you see yeah. the whole, the whole fleet. The donut. Fleet, yeah, the donut, if you want to call it that. It's like they've used that and just changed a few things, and it's like it, that really spoiled it for me because. One thing I've always liked about Star Trek is it's always been science fiction. There are there are elements in it that are completely impossible. Uh, some elements that are plausible. But it's always been at that right point between fantasy and science fact. Um, now, just to give you an example. So Star Wars, science fantasy.
0: Hmm. Okay, yeah. The
1: Expanse science fact with some science fiction of it because it is science fiction but the the way the ships operate Mm. the way they the uh, the way the propulsion works the way they have to turn around and burn their engines to slow down the physics of the gravity all that sort of thing is based in science fact there's no inertial dampeners there's no um so there's, there's a lot of reality in that and then obviously you've got complete enough utter fantasy in Star Wars, which is a good thing. I enjoy it. Just before anybody says I'm dissing on it, I'm not. <laughs> and then you, you had Star Trek in the middle, which had that right mix of both.
0: It was, yeah. And obviously it had and, its transporters and its warp engines. Yeah. Which, you know, it still, it, it gave itself limitations. It, so came ac-
1: it presented itself as, you know, as, as realistic as it could be, even mm-hmm. though some of the technology is completely, you know, uh, well i say completely you know uh there was, there was there may very there may very well be something that could be construed as a warp engine um they're already working on something that's uh closely related to an impulse engine so dream why not?
0: breaking the sound barrier was a pipe dream when exactly exactly well, right but anyway, yeah was designing it yeah
1: but that's my that's my gripe with the season finale um i mean we'll not get into the fact that uh Uh, Michael Burnham has been an absolute uh, joy of a uh, insubordinate officer and ends up in the captain's chair. Yes, do whatever the hell you want, however the hell you want, and you'll end up where you want to be.
0: (laughs) Welcome to government. So, um, (laughs) But one thing, actually, so I I think, because there's been a lot of chatter, understandably, about the TARDIS inside Mm. the Discovery. Mm -hmm. And somebody raised a really good point the other day of that. It's, if we take, for example, that the size of discovery, it is quite a big ship. As you say, we saw it in scale to the enterprise and it's bigger than the enterprise. Um, and it's, it seems like the biggest issue that I have say with that turbo list system is that it's not that it showed the size of the turbo lift, you know, where it's moving through. It's the size of dead space. In there it's like you're effectively that like, you've transported a factory into the middle of mm-hmm. discovery where there is nothing happening um if you think to say the the kelvin enterprise now obviously that's enormous but the engineering in the kelvin universe it looks like a steel mill it looks like something where you could okay i could actually understand this is where engineering takes place you know this is where you know you can get the bolts and the rivets and everything and yes I understand that you know you will go to work on the enterprise but you will still come home looking like you've done a day's work whereas in a lot of the other enterprises you know you will go to work in engineering and you will push three or four buttons and then you will go back to your quarters
2: what are you doing JJ? put my hand up so I can speak I'm just I'm, no 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 i well, you guys go. I, I I have things to say, but uh, when I'm not ready, just, it, I it's,
1: it's just it's just one little point. Do you actually know where that was filmed?
2: The uh, engineering scenes for the Kelvin movies. I think it was in the UCLA um, Fusion Research Research Reactor, wasn't it?
1: Nope. Good they I think they, they, they CGI'd some things into it, but the uh the old engineering on the uh, Kelvin that was filmed mm. in the same uh, power station that they used to film the enterprise the scenes where the enterprise has been built and the start of the first film oh yeah so that was used in the uh, that, that was used for that and the enterprise engineering f- was filmed at the Budweiser brewery
0: Oh, that's cool.
1: Because they I remember watching the documentary on them, and they had to they were they had to be very careful where they went and what they touched and how they walked about the place because it it is it is exactly as it looks in the film. Stainless steel, clean, pristine. But that's that's where the film so the the scene where uh, Kurt goes running into uh Catcher To basically get her attention and take care to the the bridge that was in the budweiser brewery
0: that's cool because that was the one thing that initially um now i how, how did you feel about this when i saw 2009 for the first time i had my initial reaction was oh i don't like it it's too industrial and you know engineering has always been you know i think voyager's engineering i think enterprise d's engineering it has been you know, compact with your gorgeous warp core that you get to just look at and you know, it like a lava lamp. But the more I think on it, it makes far more sense to have an engineering closer to the Kelvin universe than it does to have one that's as clean as, say, Voyager or Enterprise D. It or bring, Enterprise E actually. I like E's as well.
1: It, it brings it to uh, it brings it it brings it down to earth a little bit. And I think that was yeah. intentional because there were certain elements that they did to bring it to bring it into a more realistic sort of relatable um I think that's probably why they stuck Beastie Boys in there as well, but hey ho.
0: Oh beyond.
1: <laughs> oh and and uh and I will never forgive them for launching a sixty-seven Corvette off the side of a cliff. Oh I might have gotten the year wrong, but it was definitely a Corvette Stingray.
0: Really, that's the thing in that scene that bothers you? It's not, I'm James Tiberius Kirk. Yeah, and,
1: well, that and the uh, the Robocop, which we see I only once and never early again. Early data. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving swiftly on, I think Greg, I can see Gregor sort of fucking <sighs> about in his chair. You've done
0: very well. You did the right. restraint that's coming from that side of the, uh, of the Zoom call.
1: You know, like right. when a puppy sees a ball and you tell him to stay and you tell this him to just... wait.
2: Before I start, just want to go get yourselves a drink. Do you need a toilet break, anything like that? Because this this could go on a while. This one, okay? All right, I haven't seen it. Okay, I've seen the chatter that you guys have just spoken about. Okay. Okay. Now, this is yet again an, another example of where discovery fails in terms of the writing. And it's indicative of a whole series of things that don't just infect Discovery, they infect 2009 films onwards as well. We've already said, JJ, that Star Trek science fiction, okay, or a lot of what goes on in Star Trek is largely science-based. And that has been completely... Blown out the water with discovery. Absolutely blown out the water with discovery. I'm not going to dwell on the turbolift thing turbulent things have already covered that in terms of why is a dead space in there. For for example, you know, if they've done away with a dead space they wouldn't need a turbolift at all because they could walk everywhere. Um it's it's just
1: unbelievable. That's a good point actually. They've got personal transporters. Why do they need
2: turbo lifts? Yeah. It's It's the lack of even attempting to get the science right. It's the disrespect that the show to the fans with their attitude towards some of the science. And that affects other aspects of the writing. That also affects some of the things that they bring back with their little backstories on previous Star Trek, of which, in my opinion, they've got absolutely no right to do because they just simply haven't earned the right because they haven't created anything good in their own TV series. Things like in Picard, where um, Picard says something like Newton's second law of thermodynamics and Riker responds, no good deed goes unpunished. Over oh, being so clever here. We've mentioned Isaac Newton, the nerds are like that. We've mentioned thermodynamics, the nerds are like that. And we've said what the law is, the nerds are like that. Well, one, he's given a philosophical answer to a scientific law, which is complete bunkum. Two, there is no Newton law of thermodynamics, for a start, because thermodynamics didn't come along until the 19th century when they had steam engines, because it's all about the preservation and the generation of energy and heat. The first law, of it, if you're interested, by the way, the first law of thermodynamics is that energy can neither be created nor destroyed, as in matter is either energy or it's matter. The second law, if you're interested, is that uh, through time, uh, i try to get this right, this is what I've done at university. <laughs> um, the second law is that um, over time, the entrop- entropic properties of any matter um, increases in complexity. I'll not go into what entropy is, but that's the second law. No, it's not, no no good deed goes unpunished. In discovery, they also mention Newton, there's another one with Spock, where they go uh, Newton's first law, or uh, Newton's first law, and yeah, for every what action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. That is one of Newton's first laws. But they're applying it to a political situation. So again, it's a philosophical thing to... Um, that's just uncalled for, you know, for those that can't see, is writing notes and holding them up to the camera, messages to Sean. So that's the science aspect. Mushrooms, for goodness sake, right? We are at, uh, that kind of stuff is big bang theory level of writing, and that is not a compliment from me because I hate the big bang theory. Tilly's character again about the disrespect for science. A, I can't remember if it's season one or season two. There's a scene where Tilly does something in the bay, and she's standing next to Sam Stamets. Bear in mind, on board what's allegedly the most complex and exciting uh, starship ever built for Starfleet, with its warp drive and all that. So presumably surrounded by God knows how many nuclear physicists and biologists and scientists and engineers that are really highly skilled in maths and she goes that's the pair of math people you know that's like it's a line for some teenage high school Disney drama it's unbelievable and then this is the thing everybody's got a tipping point JJ and this goes back to your point about you were fine up until that last season you know mm-hmm. but it's triples appear you know Tribbles appearing in season one, when we hadn't came come across them, and a Gordon thing and stuff like that. Um, call a, the Discovery A when it's not a new ship. You know, it's all these little things. Everybody <coughs> reaches their tipping point. Now, you've just reached your tipping point. My tipping point was much sooner in, this, in the show. My tipping point was much I watched the whole of season one. I actually think season one was the best one, because at least it had some potential. Season two was an absolute disaster and I watched the first two episodes of season three and I went, That's it. I'm out. I'm gonna I've my time's limited. I'm not gonna watch a show that I don't enjoy. If it turns the corner, then I'll invest some time in it if I get the opinion of people who I actually trust. Um but I'm not investing any more time in it. If you like it, you like it, you know, fine, like it. But these are the reasons I don't like it. And when I comment that I don't like it on Facebook, I don't want to be get dreckified as what happened to me last week when all I did put up was a simple comment about the writing and then I just got absolute vitriol back at me. I just I thought, I'm out, I'm out. I'm not even staying in the group. I'm supposed to be Star Trek fans. To be, to be fair,
1: this one thing that at one point I want to make um, on the end of that is that Gregor has his opinions. I have mine. Sean has his. Um, that's all they are. Everybody has the right to like or dislike. Everybody has the right to have their reasons for their like or their dislike. So at the end of the day, you know, he's not going to, Gregor's not, he he never has, he he never has gatekeeped me for liking Discovery. He's never, he's, he's never tried to change my mind. He's never tried to say that I'm wrong. He respects my position and... I, you know, he doesn't agree with me, just like I don't agree with him on a lot of things. Um, but that's how it should be, folks. That's how it should be. We should be allowed well, to have.
2: Well, I don't like it. That,
1: I don't like about it. i some the
2: people that don't like it, OK, very briefly. If you don't like it because of the way they treat um, or the storylines that they give middle-aged white guys, if you don't like it for that reason, tough. In my opinion, and I say this as a middle-aged white guy, we've had a pretty good run in film and TV. Um, you know, so tough if you don't like it for that reason, tough titty. I don't that's not a reason not to like it, in my opinion. If if you don't like it because every um leader in every world is a black female, tough. I don't care. You know, that's just a stupid reason for for not liking it. Um so all these If you don't like it, the technology, if you don't like it because the technology is more advanced than the first series, uh, the original series, tough, that's not a problem for me, get over it. It is art, and art, all art, is a product of the time it was made in. And to an extent, it will get dated, whether it's set in the 23rd century, the 32nd century, or the 18th century. You can still date it by when it was made, because there's always giveaways to how it's made. I don't care about the technology the push buttons and stuff like that is way more advanced than the original series Enterprise because they couldn't envisage that, in fact some of the stuff that was on the original Enterprise we've already surpassed that technology so if you don't like it because the technology is more advanced, tough absolute tough I think on
1: that note the reveal of the Enterprise bridge uh, which I think we got in season 2 We got to see. Yeah. Second and last
0: episode, season two. Yeah.
1: I genuinely, I mean, even though it's all push buttons and switches and the yeoman still walks around with pen and paper in the original series, which I find really adorable, by the way. Um, again, it just proves your point. It dated. See, but the thing is, even though it's dated, it still holds up. It still looks good and it still looks, it still looks believable. Um, it's not like watching Lost in the original Lost in Space or Space 1999 or
0: you know stuff like that you know
1: or Captain Proton brilliant but the thing is is when a lot of people gave it flack for when they revealed it but I thought it was really good how they basically took the colours, the style the way with the layout if you like and basically put a modern twist on it. Yeah. And I think, to be honest with you, I really liked the interior and I liked the exterior of the Enterprise in Discovery. Because I feel that it was, I mean, I didn't quite like the one in the Kelvin universe because for some reason, J.J. J. Abrams just wanted to make the thing look, give it some big chairs, make you know, make the cells about three times bigger than they actually needed to be. I mean, those, those cells on that ship were just way too big for me. But the, the Discovery one, I think, was really, really nice. The graphics was good. It, it, I loved it. Uh, I genuinely loved it. But, yeah, to, you're, you're right in what you're saying. At the end of the day, there are reasons that everybody has, and everybody's, you know, everybody has a valid reason. It's like I always say, opinion, you know, people have opinions, and opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. Right. If you click on, you've got two. Okay. But not everybody. But okay. if anybody who knows Four. me personally, if anybody that knows me personally, they will testify that not every arsehole should be heard. Yeah. <laughs> or
0: smelt. I would say, yeah. Depending on the situation, no arseholes should be heard. Um, uh, the, uh, yeah. proven my point. Um. What? One thing I. I. So I unashamedly I love the disco prize i i think it's a great update of uh beautiful it, it honors the original design it also honors the refit because you have the swept back nacelles as well as still you know keeping close to the original matt jeffrey's design i loved the bridge reveal as you say i think they updated it but they did it in a way that really you know you see where it started which is you know pike's bridge all the way back in the cage coming forward into kirksbridge and my like i would be the same as yours if if i put them side by side if i say like matt Jeffries 1966 and then john eves 2018 or maybe 17 the reveal of it i would put the in personally i prefer the two of those above the kelvin enterprise now i've since i i have in the time that's gone by i've reassessed the Kelvin Enterprise. I, I I really didn't like it originally. Now I do. I think it's nice. I think it's a sleek design. And I've, you know, the angles are, it's taken me a while, but I, I now have a somewhat love affair. I still think it's the USS Apple store. And, you know, oh, But I... at the same time, Gregor, you said this as well. It is a, it is very much a product of the time it was made, 2009. By pure irony, I first saw the trailer for this, movie on an apple ipod that was about the size of you know maybe two or three inches for for people listening to this so i said like, yeah okay yeah that fits and i you know the lens flares aside i think there's been enough said about the lens flares in the don't Kelvin get, universe
1: don't get him started on lens flares for crying out loud if you think you do not know how to operate a camera if you um, think the discovery rant was bad wait until he gets going on lens flares but anyway carry on
0: there's it seems impractical whereas both the particularly the original set because it had to be designed practically because they didn't exactly have a budget to do very much where they could fix breakages or you know something spilled you know they had to clean it up pretty quickly that, sorry where i'm coming at with that is that it felt lived in sorry is what, what i should have said mm-hmm. um the original enterprise bridge felt lived in and you know, i get that feeling from the redesign in discovery as well and in a in a strange way that i hadn't meant when i started this sentence if you take the bridge of discovery you actually kind of get the same kind of dead space again that we talked about in obviously nowhere near the same amount of dead space as you have in the turbo lift system but awosicon and detmer are they seem like they're quite far apart now <laughs>
2: A lot, there's a lot of Go comments ahead. about the size of the Discovery Bridge, which I'll we'll come back to in a moment. But I'll, mm. I'll talk about the Enterprise Bridge and Discovery as well. I, I love the Enterprise Bridge and mm. Discovery, mm. and I think it's, um, I think it's fantastic, and I think it's much, much better than the Jar Jar um, Bridge. <laughs> um, but you know, there's a lot of comments about the Bridge of Discovery and the size of it, and people want a nice compact bridge all, all of the Enterprise. Uh, Again, this is back to a product of its time. Part of the reason why the the bridge on Discovery is so wide is because everyone's got a TV now that's sixteen nine.
0: Yeah, fair. You know, fair. whereas in
2: 1966 it was a four three. So to get the <laughs> whole bridge in in a headshot, a four three was perfect. The Discovery Bridge is made to fill your sixteen nine screen, and, Joe, and I don't just... have a problem with that.
0: You've you uh, reminded me of there, oh, actually. Sorry, sorry, JJ. Just um, do, do you remember the episode of The Next Generation, Relics? Obviously, Scotty. So, and they do that scene on the holodeck of the original Enterprise bridge. Well, all they did for that is that. So they said in the making of the episode, they said, this is a lovely idea. We are not building another bridge. We're not doing it. We don't have the budget. Sorry. So they reached out to collectors. And what they did is they found a collector who had. The captain's chair. And effectively, if you were to look at a clock, he had something from, say, 12 to four of the bridge built in his garage. And they shot that and it fit on the screen. Now, there was obviously a little bit of camera trickery going on, but they were able to do it with that. And that speaks as well, say, Gregor, to to what you were saying, because the aspect if you go on Netflix now, you still have that box aspect to. Um, i think everything up until enterprise still has that box aspect even voyager which of course came a little bit later and everything fits in the shot whereas now let's say you were to use the same aspect as we film for discovery you would see that you know the 12 until four you would also see the director you would see the writers you would probably see the catering crew as well and you would see the guy with the buffer machine going come on guys i've got to get this clean and back to your man in the garage by four come on pick it up
1: See on the on the subject of the sets and how the sets were designed, one of the things that we've we can I don't think anybody can fault um, Kurtzman and Discovery and Picard for is we're getting cinema budgets, cinema level, uh, movie level acting talents. Although Gregor would probably disagree with me on some of those points, but. I don't know if, if you're talking about that because I don't have a problem with any of the performances. that's, that's fair enough but, you, you, but that's what I'm saying is that they're getting the budgets now that they never had on TV and what that's doing is I mean I'll give you an example uh, my favourite scene uh, of season 3 was when Rin God rest him hmm. was on Booker's ship with Detmer um oh, yeah. who seems to have completely got over her ptsd but
0: that that's is a whole different, issue i have with season three yeah uh that
1: is a that is a complete uh, something we can talk about another episode maybe but she's on the ship they're flying and the whole cat when grudge jumps onto Rin and he's like what the hell's that it's like brilliant um and noah if you're on the off chance you are listening to this, you are my new favourite Andorian. I'm sorry, Jeffrey Coombs, but you are my new favourite Andorian. Yeah, controversial, controversial, I know, but, uh, you know, uh, unless Jeffrey Coombs comes back and reprises his role as an Andorian and kicks it out of the park again, like he has done in the past, um, you know, once you're on that pedestal, you've got to knock the bugger off to get back on it. That's oh, all I'm that's saying. true, yeah. But anyway, that aside, um, I listened to a interview with Noah um, recently on Bad Choices and Bourbon uh, with uh, our mutual friend, Dan Decker. And Rim was saying that they, um, they, sh- they built the set. Now, it wasn't just a case of like a, a 12-foot square box with a couple of consoles and the camera went around. They actually built a full-sized bridge for Booker's ship suspended in air so it, it, they could move it with the seam. So the whole thing moved, the whole thing was suspended. And, he, and he, he remembers saying it felt like you were, because they did it that way, it felt like you were actually on a, the bridge of a ship. You are actually there, and that's what the that's what they're playing with now. They, they don't just build something, you know, a two D two D set, for want of a better description. They build the whole thing. They did the same thing with the 2009 track, with the the, the, the I don't know if you've ever seen the pictures of them building the the bridge set for the um, for the Enterprise. Everything's filmed that you see. front So when you're looking at the crew. Uh, so you're looking at the captain's chair, you're looking at the two positions. Everything that's filmed there is filmed through what they see as the view screen.
0: Mm. There's some great images, you're right, of it's... either JJ standing there in that view screen and you see the entire bridge behind him. It's funny you should mention that because in in Star Trek, for the longest time, and you've already you've hit the nail on the head, it's budgets. Mm-hmm. You would have, the, you know, the Enterprise D bridge, it sat where it sat for seven years. Uh, same with voyager same with ops and ds9 it wasn't until star trek nemesis so arguably rick berman star trek was you know its last breath was coming out at this point where director Stuart baird said no let's let's build that bridge and put it on a gimbal and that's what they did it was that so in nemesis that bridge is as you've described it's actually <clears> it, you know when it shakes it's not just them doing okay do shake number three yeah, do shake number four it is actually shuddering underneath them and i remember being surprised here that it was that late in the day that they started doing that um i just i think i just assumed for some of the films maybe not for some of the earlier kirk films but maybe even six onwards that they had done that but no it was it was not standard practice not by any means and yeah it was it was funny so as nemesis went out unfortunately it didn't do very well in the cinema and you know we had that that silence of five years um and then uh we started to hear rumblings of a new film that that is one thing they've taken away from it and i do think it suits It, it it works because if if you think back to a you know not a lot of but some of we'll say more so ds9 and voyager than original series and next generation is a lot of the action was starting to get quite exciting as people got more inventive with camera shots and you know budgets for cgi started to go up and action in trek has been quite exciting now you can do things that they couldn't have dreamed of doing in certainly in the 60s and even for a lot of next generation as well and it's a nice combination of practical sets that are being built and of course the cgi that's going into it as well
1: it's I mean, on the subjects of sets, just very quickly, if anybody from Destination Star Trek is listening, please for the love of God sort out your TNG bridge set. Because when I went to Destination Star Trek in 2018, the damn thing was held together with black duct tape. You know the um, you, you know the sort of the, the mahogany arch at the back of the captain's mm. chair in the first office. There's a picture of, and if I can find it, I'll show you, Sean, when I get the chance. But there's a picture of me I've got in, uh, sat in there, and you can see, uh, to the, as you look at the fit picture, to the right of me, you can see this black line where they've literally just taped the oh. thing back together again. Um, I get the thing moves about more times than I've had off dinners. I get that it gets transported a lot, but when people are paying. 10 15 pounds of photograph to sit on a bridge set at least you know it, at least painted the same damp, at least use the at least use brown tape
0: i so it so it blends in <laughs> so it yeah. blends
1: in a little bit um but no i mean i think and this is a prediction here just a. Um, I think season four of Discovery, I think, is where it's going to find its feet. Uh, I think that's when it's going to find its legs. Sarah, it's going to start.
2: Can you bring me here, please?
1: Sorry, are we interrupting uh, something?
2: Was I not on mute there? No, you were not on mute.
0: I'll have a beer while you're at it,
2: though. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I said sorry. Sorry. Dude, he's he's one of Augustus. <laughs> I
1: thought you were just being. I thought you were just being sarcastic as I was going on about season four of Discovery.
2: <laughs> no, no. If you want to talk about season four, say do will get me a beer. You carry on. It's okay.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna need oh. a beer for this one. Okay, yeah.
1: <laughs> I think I genuinely think this is my prediction. I think the f- Discovery, like Gregor says, started yeah, off really
0: well.
1: Done. You're not on mute. Did you hear that? Yes, I did. Everybody did. The whole damn world did. We're live streaming. Some poor bugger in Texas listened to Sarah just then. Yes, we have. Uh, we have a regular listener in Texas. Would you believe it? Oh, that well, is cool.
2: That somebody, is actually. Some. I got a retweet today. Uh, I think it was one of the Spot the Week and um, Trek Lad ones from with the time we were on that. And uh, it was a girl in America, and uh, she retweeted. So oh, yeah, motivation. I seen that. Yeah. And then it was like, if you want to see my, my oh, other yeah. content,
1: <laughs> that actually yeah. sort of I was like, okay, okay, somebody's retweeted this. This is okay. Okay. Anyway, Discovery season four. I'm, I'm like, I'm not being funny, darling, but if you are a Star Trek fan, create a Star Trek Twitter page. Don't.
2: You've seen my, you've seen my pictures from Vegas with some of the girls dressed in the Mirror Mirror universe. Yes. Sure. yes. Anyway, um, there wasn't much more to say on the
1: discovery for moving swiftly on uh, season four, but I think that's when it's going to start to find its feet. However, I know you've you've seen them, haven't you? The lower decks. Seen the, 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 yeah, the show, for,
0: yeah, 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 of course, yeah.
1: Gregor hasn't seen that yet, but they are. Uh, for those that haven't seen it in the UK, it is coming to Netflix at the end of this month, I believe.
0: It's uh, it's coming to Amazon Prime. Um, and oh, is it Amazon Prime? To- I thought it was. It there, is, but- yeah, and it's all dropping on. It's the it's a friday in the 20s I, I don't have the date to hand and it's, it's all 10 episodes are coming out on the same day uh, gregor i think you'll enjoy that it's it's a very loving tribute to trek gone by there oh, is
1: brilliant
0: it, it is definitely written with kind of a lot of today's humor i Push will say him. that
1: gregor have you seen rick and morty no no right okay
0: that's because good it, though in a way it's, because it is it is, it's, it is i have certainly described it like rick and morty because it is obviously there's a lot of the same writers on board but you now won't have that comparison going in and i think that's a positive thing because it is very like rick and morty it is also not like rick and morty but there's no point in harping on about this because you haven't seen it so don't worry about it it's i think the I only they is they pay attention to their ships their ships yes. look great in lower decks Oh, that's so that's and the animation style is, is yeah now obviously we can't say anything because spoilers and all that kind of stuff but they they put they put effort into how they depict the ships which and you would almost forgive them for not doing that for the fact that it's a cartoon but yeah no that they, they they do a bloody good job
1: see the the, the well, i can say this without giving anything away um they drop easter eggs but they drop them very well they make references but they make them very well um there's comedy in there but it's not over the top it's definitely a it's definitely an adult cartoon but that being said there's adult uh there's uh, older older humor but there's enough of a sort of, it's it's abstract enough for that you could let um, with supervision you could let younger children watch it as well. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, so it's it can be a family, you know, you can watch it as a family. So it's not like say over the top. It's, I think it's brilliantly done. Um, this, uh, we all know it's the ceritos because everybody's seen pictures yeah. and stuff like that. So beautiful ship. Um, there are. Funnily enough, there are some story arcs in it. There. There's a two main story arcs, I believe. Uh, I don't know if you think that would fair. I mean, well, I think not,
0: be, yeah, that's that. There's there's two main, two and main, and there's
1: a couple of sidebars and stuff like right? that. Um, and it's you know something, as Gregory has said in previous podcasts numerous times, uh, he's watched Discovery, he's watched Picard, he enjoyed them the first time around watching, but would they would he go back and watch them again? No. I would go back and watch Lower Decks over and over and over again. It's like Voyager. It's like I would go down and watch every episode of Voyager again. Lower Decks is definitely... That. You know, funnily enough, I'm actually catching up with... Uh, I'm dropping podcast names by the bloody boatload here today. Um I've been catching up on the Delta Flyers, and
0: oh, that's a great pod. And I've yeah. got
1: to the I've got to the episode where they are doing threshold. Um, so, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's it's brilliant. I would thoroughly recommend it when it does drop here in the UK. There has been a few of us that have uh, through, um, should we say, means uh, have. Do you mean to- paying
0: for a CBS all access account and using a VPN?
1: Uh, well, I didn't do that. No, I was very kind enough to—I was uh, very lucky enough to have somebody who had a Plex account who was very kind enough to let me onto their server. Um, so, not that I wouldn't pay for a, uh, because to be—let's be honest with you—when it does drop, because I believe uh, Paramount are doing a worldwide um, streaming service. Uh, paramount plus i believe it's going to be
0: called oh you're right yes sorry so yes, i think
1: right. that's where once that gets launched and that's all active and that i think cbs all access will get amalgamated into that because of everything that paramount's ever done including uh, including star trek and everything else will be on paramount plus so i would i would pay for that and get that so but yeah brilliant ships are brilliant um you can probably guess I'm actually sort of struggling right now not to say something.
0: You're shush, 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 yes. shush. Yep. <laughs> you, know you know what I, I know what? I know exactly say. what, shush. Yeah. Don't say anything because, yeah. Jo, jo, one thing yes. I will say, which is not a spoiler at all, something it's, it's lovely, because you mentioned Easter eggs, right? Mm-hmm. One of the best things that Lower Decks did for the Star Trek franchise is that it really, really brings the, the original animated series back into it. Now sometimes you know, if you're not familiar with the original animated series, you won't get some of the Easter eggs, and that's fair enough. But when you see them, it's like, oh wow, that is that is properly like obscure, but also that's from X episode, um, the opening theme to Lower Decks. The whole the first a, few cinemalga... bars is the theme of the animated series. Because that's
1: an amalgamation of um that basically took every um, score from every series and film and stuff like that, and worked with it a little bit. They didn't just go boom, 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 boom mash it all together. But they took bits from so there's bits of Voyager, there's bits of TNG, mm. there's bits of the original series. I'm not sure if there's any melodies from um, Enterprise or not. I'm not sure, but probably is some some cues from. Oh, got Russell Watson
2: singing the theme
1: No, no.
0: No. No, yeah, I'm look... not sure what the theme. Is. Could 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 you could you just sing a few bars for me there, JJ? <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry. Um...
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> we
1: we we're struggling to keep the listeners we already have. We don't want to be losing any more. Yeah, exactly, licensing. exactly.
0: But, um, I think just I suppose we we got a lot of new ships this year. Mm -hmm. um or this year 2020 i should say uh in picard um like them or love them the new federation ships um there are apparently there are about 10 or 11 i saw one but anyway they you know they were very very nicely realized one thing that i think flies under the radar just a little bit in picard is that absolutely gorgeous shot of the enterprise d at the, beginning, oh, the at the very very beginning and yeah. it is I, a crime that we didn't see more of it. Honestly I, think, I would, that, wow. is the,
1: that is the remastered HD
2: 4K wouldn't, late Picard you know been, <sighs> wouldn't, wouldn't Picard have been better going into the museum wherever the Enterprise D is being kept and hijacking it rather than going on Rear C Would that not have been much
0: better? D went Boom! <laughs> Yeah, the, was you the D re- is sitting off already in 3. Yeah. Do you not remember that one? Oh, that's you know? true, yeah. yeah. Right. It it was the... though, depending on, I think, because in the Expanded Universe, I think E was lost, but obviously on screen, all it did is it, you know, knocked into the scimitar and then went back to Earth. Well,
2: to be honest, I mean, they've never paid any attention, this new lot, to what went before anyway, so... You know, to be, to be honest with you, right, fully you should mention that because... Um
1: obviously listening to the Delta Flyers and listening to uh Robbie Duncan, McNeil and Garrett Wang, you get a lot of uh sort of little things that you didn't know, a little sort of background. Um, and that aside, there were on the previous episode I was listening to, they were talking about how certain episodes, certain things were in certain episodes and certain things weren't in certain episodes. Um six or seven episodes down the line you revisited a previous storyline and they said that and this basically proves the point that what you're saying isn't a new thing it's been going on in trek for years is that there are there are uh, writers who write one episode and then they'll go back to that storyline a couple of episodes later and the writers that write that episode haven't looked at what's gone before so it's not a new thing i mean that is the that's the only thing i will disagree with anybody yourself Gregor, on when it comes to discovery or picard it's not a new thing writers not looking uh, you know it, and it's sometimes it's just a case of right here's what you've got to do this is what you've got to do it by. And they haven't got time to go back and look at what's gone before they've got the basic um uh, but like i say i i mean i'm i shouldn't really be saying that because i don't really know enough about writing to properly understand the process so I choose not to comment on the writing. Even if I don't agree with how it's gone, I don't um, I don't agree with it. So we have been talking shite for quite a while
0: now. Well, one of us has. <laughs> well, at
1: least you're, at least you're honest, <laughs> it's Gregor. It's
2: been
0: me. It was me. I did it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> at least you're honest, Gregor. So, um, yeah, Mr Ferrick has been doing the podcast Zoom call equivalent of kicking me in the shins. <laughs> so we are going to wrap things up uh, now, guys. Uh, so thank you for coming up onto the show, Sean.
0: Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. Please,
1: please don't let this be the last time.
0: Um, uh, you'd, you'd want to change those locks. Like I'm here now. That's it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, it's, you know that uh, TikTok where, TikTok video where it's like, you remember when you showed me human affection? Yeah, I'm here to stay now. You know that. You know that one. You know that one I'm on about. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Right. Okay. Final words, Mr. Ferric, uh You have five minutes to do whatever you want to do. <laughs> plug whatever you want to plug, say whatever you want to say.
0: Um, well, what, what I'll do is what I do really quickly is that um, I'm pretty sure everyone has their own favourite starship. From somewhere across Star Trek, they saw something that, you know, caught their eye and forever that has stayed in their heart. Now, for me, I've made no secret of this. Anyone will ask. The... Um, the dry dock sequence in the motion picture that is pure cinema that is star trek to me that is what i think of when someone says think of a starship that w- that's where i go straight away what what is that for you what what for, do, do the pair of you have first no thinking about it favorite ship probably the d lovely
1: probably the d i have to say voyager um just pure and simple because it's the first ship that I, um, yeah, definitely Voyager. If I had to pick one,
2: yeah, Voyager. Is that the Voyager? That's the one with all the the Borg cubes painted on the side and then crossed out, isn't it? For all the Borg cubes that cubes that you destroy.
1: <laughs> the ship that just keeps on giving. You know, they're on a limited budget. They've got they have got replicator rations, but yeah, the game's coming out brand new. Wear <laughs> that one out?
0: that's pretty cool i I love the fact that they have a space dock in between every episode so we don't see the space dock but that's okay they can refill so um so yeah so look i just want to say thank you very much guys i really really appreciate you having me on um and yeah um find me basically you can find me online the whole time i don't really sleep you can get me at most hours of the night and day get me on twitter at sean ferrick at trek culture any of them and uh I'll probably reply to you at varying levels of sobriety. Good to see you again, Sean. Thank you very much. Great to see you both. Thank you very
1: much for coming along, Sean. We'll see you again uh, next time. Uh, Live long and prosper.
0: Live long and prosper, guys. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Right, Gregory, are you still with us? You've not disappeared, have you?
0: I'm
1: still here. Good, good, good. Right. um, Well, as always, ladies and gentlemen, you can find us on Twitter at Spock the Week. uh, Sorry, at Spock Week. You can find me at Alba Android and you can find His Lordship, Commander Cameron, at Crabbit Ginger. So that is us for this week. We will be back again next week. Uh, no idea what we're going to be talking about, but we will be back. That is a threat, not a promise. To everybody around the world, live long and prosper. From me, the Alba Android, peace and long life. Live long and prosper from Crabbit Ginger.
2: follow me on twitter and uh, i'll i'll sign up to your only fans account because that's all i'm getting following me at the moment